broken window garden. Broken window garden. Live improvised. Live improvised. Sound clips live. <laughs> Good afternoon. It is Friday, January first, two thousand twenty-one. One eleven in the afternoon. You're listening to the Broken Window Garden. Let's get started. Sometimes um, the best thing you can do is let your heart break. There's a beautiful story of a yeshiva in a Jewish school that um, had a sign in the classroom that said, uh, in this classroom, we place the teachings on your heart. So some student raised her hand and said, why do you put the teachings on our heart? Why don't you put it in our heart? And the teacher said, oh, only God can put it in your heart. We put it on your heart, so when your heart breaks, it falls in. And so that story points to the idea that something happens in a broken heart. Something can move through us and change us. When you allow yourself to feel your pain fully, you give a tremendous gift to the next person you meet. <laughs> it's not automatic, but uh, the idea being that I, I've seen that, that somehow uh, the tenderness and the humility and the compassion that, that gets awoken when we feel our pain uh, translates sometimes to beautiful ways of understanding and empathy for other people and meeting other people. Focus on yourself more holistically. 
just played out And now we're going to turn it into a nightmare. You have just played out And now we're going to turn it into a nightmare. You have just played out And now we're going to turn it into a nightmare. So one of the things we do with mindfulness is we can we look at how we're relating to it. And, either, and look and see what is extra here, what's not really inherent in the sense of loss or the grief in and of itself. What's imaginary? Uh, what are we imagining? You know, maybe part of the grief is imagining what it's going to be in the future, the future of loss or whatever. And um, are we resisting the grief for the strong feelings that are there? is um, uh, fear, fear that the, I'll never get over this, this grief, this will always be this way. So one of the things we do with mindfulness is we can we look at how we're relating to it, and, either, and look and see what is extra here, what's not really inherent in the sense of loss or the grief in and of itself. What's imaginary? Uh, what are we imagining? You know, maybe part of the grief is imagining what's going to be in the future, continued loss or whatever. And um, are we resisting the grief for the strong feelings that are there?
wisdom teachings talked about three intelligences within us so the head and the belly and the heart and now neuroscience shows us the science behind that the key for this is to understand that it's not one better than the other they each have different functions that are all incredibly important and so our working with all three of them is essential we live in a in a world, in a culture that basically only supports the, the intellect, the head intelligence. And maybe we tap into the heart here and there a little bit to sort of soften the edges, but we don't live there. And down in the belly of that deep awareness of what's happening right here, right now. What is real and what's happening right here, right now. And what is not real and what's happening right here, right now. And so each of these have a different thing. The, some of you may know the research of the Institute of Heart Math um, in, yeah, out in, um, in, in California. And they're doing amazing research on the intelligence of the heart, on the coherence or the alignment of the heart. And behind, yeah, I can't see your name right now. Yeah, Norman, yes. <laughs> Norman knows what I'm talking about here. Um, and, uh, and they've done a lot of intelligence on intuitive thinking, a lot of research on intuitive thinking and what is that. And a part of their, as a part of their research, they discovered that the electromagnetic field of the heart energy center is 5,000 times bigger than the electromagnetic field of the intellect, of the brain. And so what that says to me is that therefore this heart intelligence center, which is the center of the intuitive mind, um, has access to a field of information that is 5,000 times bigger than the field of information that we can access only through the intellect. Now, that does not make the heart better and the intellect not as good. They have different functions. The heart is really good at reaching out, stretching way out into the energy field of the situation and gathering information. But it's not very good at organizing that information. That's what the intellect is very good at. The intellect will organize that information, it catalogs it. It's, you know, when you haven't thought about something for five years and suddenly you need that piece of information and it's right there, that's the brain, that's the intellect, the way that that, that functions that amazing organizing and cataloging system. So this huge shift that transformational presence is about, in one way, it's, it's about shifts in lots of different ways, but kind of a big paradigm shift is that we're so conditioned to always lead from the intellect and maybe engage the heart a little and maybe not. And that puts us in a very, access to a very limited field of information. So therefore there is tremendous stress on our system to keep trying to figure things out, to analyze what's going on, to make a plan to, to, with actually not so much information. When we can flip that around and start from the heart, 
the heart not as in this emotional lovey-dovey heart, but this heart that is this incredibly powerful um, intelligence of and within that that can expand into an energy field. And to realize that the heart can reach out and begin to sense and feel what's going on in a situation. What is the information that we need to bring in? And bring that in and immediately the intellect steps in to support, to organize, to begin to shape that. And say, so this is how we can work with that in this three-dimensional realm. It's like a fog machine. 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 It
It's like a fog machine. relationship that interferes 
is the relationship of dismissing it. It's not important, it doesn't count, it's too frightening, it's too painful, I'll just shove it away, ignore it. That generally doesn't work too well. Uh, so that's a relationship that we have. It's nothing to say about the grief, it's just, you know, we relate to it a certain way. Another uh, way we relate to it is by um, trying to control it. Um, you know, I've read all these grieving books, and there's a, you know, in the New Age world, you're supposed to have this, you know, you're supposed to come to some great healing with your grief, and I'm going to, by golly, I'm going to, you know, go through the whole healing process and come out an angel. You know, come out, you know. And so we try to control it, we want it to be a certain way, and we think there's some way of kind of completing it and be finished with it. And the very idea that we're going to be complete with grief, or be finished with it, And that's it. Happy New Year, everybody.